Hello, and welcome to the Am I a Bad Mom podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christy Ritz-King. I'm a trauma therapist and a maternal mental health specialist, and perhaps most importantly, a mom of three. I've met many incredible women over the years in the various careers that I've had, and seemingly no matter where they are along their motherhood journey, they are powerful, they are brave, they are incredibly successful in their lives, and no matter what, they all ask the same question at least one time. And that question is, am I a bad mom because fill in the blank? (laughs) There are any number of blanks to fill in there. And this podcast aims to provide you all the reasons why the answer to that question is unequivocally no. Every single time the answer is no, you are not a bad mom. And we're here to show you today exactly why. So welcome. We can't wait to help you feel better about the parent that you are. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Am I a Bad Mom podcast. On today's episode, we're going to talk about transitions in general life. What I mean by that is a time of change or a time of growth or moving through seasons of our life. And I'm going to get to a little bit more of the definition as we talk about why these even might be a problem. So from a perspective of what are they, just think of transition as any kind of shift from where you are to where you may be going, or even if it's the time in between where you're kind of stuck and you're not sure where you're going, but you know that you're not staying where you are. And we can be speaking sort of metaphorically here. It's not necessarily always a physical thing. It could just be the time of year or a season of your own life or a season of your kid's life or that kind of thing. And part of the reason that I chose to talk about them on this podcast was because they come up a lot for parents when kids are in the middle of transitions of, you know, back to school or into a new school or even just seasonally back from break or about to go from summer to fall, that kind of thing. Those changing seasons, those times where things are in transition or moving from one thing to the next often are difficult for us. And sometimes we don't recognize why. And so we're going to talk about that today. We're mostly going to address them about our own selves, but that will trickle down to what do you do with kids or At least what can you look for to know that you're in the same kind of season with kids? Why are they hard, first of all? (laughs) Why are these moments of transition hard? There's two reasons, I think. And I say primarily, like, mostly it's because there is some sort of loss. They involve some sort of loss, whether it's tangible, like it's a person or a job, or maybe we're moving from one place to another, so it's a physical place, or they're less tangible. They're just more of like a feeling like I'm moving in a different direction in my life. And so I'm losing that. Maybe I feel like I'm losing that old part of me, or at least I need to grieve that old part of me. And much like grief after the loss of a person, it's not a linear process. And it's not a staged process where, you know, even though we talk about the five stages all the time, (laughs) it's not linear in that you can sort of predict this is what's going to happen next. So that's one reason that they're the transition is so difficult because we've lost something. We need to say goodbye to something or it feels that way anyway. The other reason I think is that because we're often unprepared and this is sort of twofold also. So it's sort of like I have this multi-branch tree here. This is why they're hard, but this is a reason. There's another branch off of one of those reasons for being hard or unprepared either because we didn't know what's coming. You know, we got fired from a job it's a sudden loss of some kind. We have to move even though we didn't think we had to, you know, whatever. Landlords selling the place, whatever. So it's a sudden transition, whether we want it or not, 
or we're unprepared because even though we knew things were going to change or we know sort of just intellectually, we know our lives are going to change. We know we're going to grow. We know things are going to happen. It's nearly impossible to be 100% prepared for all the emotions that we will feel related because we haven't gone through it yet. <laughs> so for instance, when you're about to start a family, even if you're not pregnant, even if you don't know if you're adopting whatever, you just kind of the decision, you make the decision, yes, we're going to start a family or I'm going to start a family. I'm going to have kids of some in some way. Even though you've made the decision and theoretically you can prepare for it, it's kind of impossible to know exactly what you're going to need to manage from an emotional perspective until you're in it. The other reason that transitions are hard is because we cannot always be prepared for them 100% of the way in the time, either because we don't know they're coming or because it's impossible to 100% prepare for anything until you're in it. And so that's sort of why they're hard. As far as what they are, they're a change. They're a growing period. They're a season of movement, either planned or thrust upon you, kind of depending on how life is. And that preparation piece, sometimes, again, even if you know it's coming, it's hard because you weren't prepared fully for the emotional fallout of it. We'll get into that a little bit more when we talk about what you can do. The obvious changes, you lost a job or you're changing jobs or you're moving or you know, you're going from college to adulthood or you're going from single life to married life or single life to coupled life or you and your partner just bought a place together and that's a different level of relationship than you've had before. Those are the kind of obvious changes. You lose someone, like someone dies. You literally lose someone. Those are the sort of obvious transitions. The less obvious transitions are seasonal or there's a change in your routine, or there's a change in the location that you go for work, or like, you know, things that maybe don't seem so big or obvious, but yet we're feeling a certain way about them. Seasonal meaning capital S seasonal, not like winter, spring, summer, fall, although that can be something too. But for you sort of seasonal within your life, maybe you're in the season of single city girl, or maybe you're in the season of menopause, or maybe you're in the season of, you know, discontent, that kind of thing. So both seasonal in like a calendar season, but also seasonal in just like changes in life. Those are the less obvious transitions that sometimes we don't notice are even happening until we are feeling overwhelmed or sad or anxious, and it's kind of inexplicable. And then we're able to kind of pull back and look and say, oh, we're actually going through some sort of growth or change right now that has us feeling this way. So that's sort of what they are. They're the obvious ones, the big changes, the ones we know about or the ones we don't know about, but that you could be like, oh yeah, I just lost my job. That's why I'm feeling this way. And the less obvious ones that are just more a function of the passing of time or growing or call it what you will. And so they're hard because whether they're obvious or not, there are pieces that you can't be prepared for no matter what. And they're hard. They're just hard. You lose stuff and you have to learn a new way of doing things and you have to go toward that learning instead of sort of wallowing. But there's a balance of how much do I let in? Sadness, loss, frustration, and how much do I focus elsewhere? And that's what we're going to get into with the what do I do part. <laughs> So what transitions are and why they're hard, we kind of got that covered. But what do I do about it? What happens when either I know something's coming up or I have 
just realized I'm in the stage of transition because I'm feeling all these other things. Of course, I'm going to start, as I always do, (laughs) with awareness. And the very first thing you can do from an awareness perspective kind of depends on the transition itself. So if you know it's coming, then in preparation, being aware of what may feel for you. I know that sounds weird and awkward, but I don't want to say you should be aware of what may change or you should be aware of what you're going to lose or you should be aware of the differences after because what really matters is what might you feel through this transition. So again, if you know you're having a baby or if you know you're getting a divorce, what might you feel as you go through the change? So you've already made the decision to do it. You know it is the right decision, but what might come up as a result? And are you prepared for the gamut of emotions that might come up? Again, it's there's some loss in both of those instances, divorce and or having a, a child. Even though they are the exact right decisions and your life is going to be great afterward, there is loss. And are you prepared to navigate the emotions that come with that? In most transitions, chosen or not, there is some loss and we need to be able to navigate that. And where I see people get in trouble is they are not willing to navigate the difficult emotions. And by not willing, I don't mean it as some sort of like, they're not brave enough or they're not whatever. It's usually like, no, I'm choosing to look at the positive. I'm choosing to only think of the good things. And that's great. And that sounds like what you should do, right? (laughs) And I'm going to say something very similar later. It sounds like, sure, of course, I should only choose the positive. I should only choose the... But if we ignore the bad stuff, if we ignore the hard stuff, if we try to push away the things that aren't good in our minds, whatever that judgment is, they will come back again. So when I say prepare for the transition, what I mean is, are you prepared to manage the whole, the totality of the emotional reaction or fallout to this life transition? Are you open to allowing in the sadness, the frustration, the anger enough to feel it and move through it without letting it sort of take over? And that's the second piece is embracing and accepting what this is. So whether you're preparing for one that you know is going to happen or whether you're finding yourself in the middle of a transition and you're so uncomfortable and overwhelmed and anxious. In either case, you can start with the awareness of like, okay, what is going on for me or what might go on for me and how can I navigate that? If you find yourself in the middle of it, you've just gotten fired or your partner's just gotten fired and now, or your partner's just got a new job and you have to move or your kid is just chosen to go to a new job six states away, let's say. Or your kid is moving from elementary school to middle school and you're finding yourself with like less stuff to do and less contact with the teachers and you don't really know what's going on during the day and the kid is just there in middle school doing their own thing. In any of those situations, it is something that is happening that's kind of out of your control, but also does involve you and also may have really good upside, but is still really hard. And that part needs to be addressed. So whether you're bringing that awareness to it's going to happen and I want to bring an awareness to how I'm going to be, or whether your awareness is coming up because you're in it, whether you want to be or not. And now you're realizing, oh, I need to get out of this. How do I look around 
first thing is look around and say, like, how is this affecting me? How am I feeling? Why am I feeling that way? What are the things that are coming up? If I'm sad, if I'm frustrated, if I'm angry, how come? Why is that? What is that for? How can I navigate through that without letting it take over? So how are you feeling? What can you do about it? And by do about it, I don't mean make it go away. I mean, allow it in, allow it to happen, acknowledge it, embrace it, whatever. And then you can move on. So that's kind of the third part of this is that embracing or accepting. And so if you can't embrace, like, I would love to say, and at the pause there was for me to chuckle a little bit, because wouldn't it be ideal if we could just embrace the change, embrace the transitions, embrace the things that come in our lives, the growth moments, all of those things, if we could just embrace them as net positive, as moving us in the right direction, as being for a reason. I mean, sure, that sounds great. And that's what all the Hallmark cards say when somebody sends you that and you're in the middle of something. Wouldn't it be great to embrace it? If you can't embrace it, (laughs) I don't know anybody who wants to embrace the stuff that hurts or that's uncomfortable or that, you know, doesn't feel good. Who wants to embrace that? So if you can't embrace it, can you at least accept? Meaning looking at the big picture and saying, okay, here's where I am. That thing happened. I don't like that it happened. Or here's where I am. I'm not sure how I got here or where I'm going but I want to accept that this is where I am now and I can't go back to where I was. So if it's a transition that was sort of forced upon you, like a job loss or a move or a death, or if it's your transition that just comes with growing in as humans and you're in it, whether you want to be or not, just because the calendar pages are flipping, are you a aware of how you're experiencing it and be able to accept your situation for what it is. I'm not saying accept and like stay in this place of misery, but I'm saying, can you accept, okay, this thing happened. I see it with clarity. I see that I feel this way about it. I'm feeling, you know, a little bit of mix of everything and that's okay. Accepting is a path toward moving forward and moving through it. Can you accept it? If you can embrace it, great. (laughs) But I am not preaching embracing. I'm preaching accept acceptance of, you know, and that's one of the stages. If you're a stage of grief person and you like that idea, like acceptance of this thing that happened, that's it. It's not accepting the way you feel or not accepting the sadness or not accepting that. It's just accepting this is the thing that happened or is happening to me. And I then can move on to this next step, which is moving with intention of where am I going to put my energy going forward? And this is a big statement, because I think it's a couple different categories. So from a purely sort of existential mental health perspective of where am I going to put my energy? This is when you get to choose, am I going to wallow in the misery of this change? Or just the misery of change in general? Or am I going to focus on what is good and positive? Either what did I learn? What did I gain? Or if you can't do that part, because that's kind of embracing, if you can't look back and look at all the wonderful parts, you can look ahead. So I'm going to put my energy on how do I want to do things differently? Or how do I want to do things from now on? How do I want to feel going forward? I'm in this transition and I don't like it. (laughs) But how do I want to feel next? What am I going to do next? Getting to be able to live with intention, to choose where your energy is going, to choose how you move through and into the next phase. You can't get there 
without one being aware of how everything is feeling to you, whether you're here because you chose to be or whether you're here because something happened in the world or whether you're here just because it's a time of life and you're in a season of life of change and growth. Are you aware of how you're experiencing it in totality, not just the good stuff, not just the bad stuff? And then have you been able to either embrace and or accept that piece of it? Because without that, you can't go forward. There is no moving forward unless you accept the sort of full picture reality of the thing. I think of this with a lot of women I have worked with in the past who are going through a divorce. I don't know if it's a propensity or if it's just put on them by society, but there's this like this movement to one of two things, either one, only look forward, only see what's next, or two, like not, not grieve the loss of the relationship. Because somehow I think, I don't know for sure, but I think there's this understanding that if I grieve the loss of this relationship, I will have to second guess the divorce. And this is one of those, I love a duality. I love when two things are true at one time, especially two opposing things. It's one of my favorite things. Ask my kids. I love being able to have two, holding two things in my hands, one in each hand, and they are very different from one another. For example, I love to be able to hold this divorce was exactly the right decision and my life is going to be better after it. And this relationship was good for a time and yielded wonderful things. Even in the most toxic of relationships, you will want to grieve a portion of it. It may not be positive. It may not be anything. It may not be whatever, but you have lost something in the ending of that relationship. If you've lost something bad, you have lost something in the ending of that relationship. So you can have this thing you're holding in this hand where this is the right decision for me. Everything about this is correct. I can't wait for the future. And I'm sad about losing this thing, whatever it was. Even if it's just, I'm sad about losing the vision of what I thought it was supposed to be, which is often the case in divorce, (laughs) is that you realize, oh, I'm grieving a relationship I never actually had but I'm going to grieve the idea of that relationship because I've been holding that idea in my heart for so many years. So in a toxic, you know, in the example of a toxic relationship, you're not necessarily grieving the relationship, but you may be grieving the family you thought you wanted or thought you were going to get when you got together with that person. That was much more clear than the way I started to say it to begin with. So let's go with that. Holding those dualities of this is the right thing. This change is the correct thing. It's going to be good for me. And I've lost something. Those things can both exist at the same time. And so giving yourself that acceptance, allowing that acceptance to say, yeah, this is a great idea. And also I'm sad about it. Totally fine. And without that, without that acceptance, you can't move into the intention of where do I put my energy? Because you haven't even admitted that there's multiple places to put your energy. You're just have this, I'm driving forward. I'm going forward. Everything looks good. I'm going to focus on the positive. I'm going to be positive, which I could do a whole nother episode about how much I hate the phrase. I'm going to be positive or I used to be so positive, like, ugh. <laughs> but I'll get into that another time. For the purposes of this, looking forward to the exclusion of everything else isn't positive. It's just delaying the inevitable, which is the wash over you of all the emotions that you're pretending aren't there right now. Hey, listener. If you appreciate what you get here as far as support and camaraderie and feeling like you're not alone, then I think you should really check out the Women of Wonder community that I run. 
It is exactly that. <laughs> it is a community full of support and camaraderie and you are not aloneness. It is meant to replace the old and fashioned Facebook groups that we used to love before it got so mean and snarky and Facebooky. It is a place where you can ask the questions you have, where you can share the joys and share the sorrows and expect a supportive response, non-judgmental response. We meet weekly via Zoom. So we have people from all over the world that come and join us. And there are other supports like newsletters and uh, message boards and all of the things that you can and want and need in your life to provide you that support and scaffolding to help do this job we call motherhood. Check it out on my website, wonderinkwellness.com. It's called the Women of Wonder Community. And you can sign up today and get two months free if you do a year subscription. If you have any questions, again, always send me an email, but I would love to see you inside. So the most important part of this cycle is not only awareness of where you are and what's going on, but accepting that also, if not embracing it, accepting the totality of it, the good, the bad, the ugly, the promise of the future, the loss of the past, that kind of thing. Then, and only then, can you choose with intention where your energy is going to go. Are you going to take some time and wallow in it? <laughs> that might be true for a minute. And then I would suggest if that's the case, if you were like, I need some time to just be sad about this. Awesome. You're my favorite person because I love that you're admitting that. I would say start the process again then. What is the awareness of this moment? What am I feeling at this moment? What is the totality of this change? And if you can't see it right in the beginning, if it's just too hard to see anything other than the sadness, just always be aware that this is a season. This is a transitional time. This is a moment in time. This isn't it for me. And so if I'm choosing that sadness right now, I'm going to keep examining to see when is it time to move my energy somewhere else. You can also make room for that sadness while focusing your energy and attention on the stuff that feels good and is promising and helps propel you forward. It doesn't mean that you exclude everything else. That was what I was talking about before when you have the blinders on and you're saying, I'm just thinking positive, I'm just thinking positive. That's the exclusion of everything else. If you intentionally say, I'm going to focus my energy on what's next for me, on what's positive, or on looking back at the situation to determine what I've learned or what I gained or what the positive was of it, I have no regrets about this thing. I'm glad that I learned this and this. I wish it didn't end the way it did, but I'm glad it didn't, you know, but I did get some stuff out of it. If you're choosing to focus that way, then you still leave room for what you've lost. And you can also then focus on what's next too. Because once you figure out what I've learned, what I've gained, what I have now in this moment, well, great. Now, how are you going to use it going forward? All of that though is intentional. You are deciding where am I going to focus my energy here? So kind of to go back, transition times, whether we know they're happening, whether we can like predict that they're going to happen again with a change in location or just you know, our kids are going to move out or we're going to have a baby and our lives are going to change a little bit, whether we know these transitions are coming or whether we find ourselves in one and we're like, oh, why do I feel like garbage? Oh, it's because all these things are changing and my life feels like it's been thrown up and, and in the air and it's all coming down around me. Either way, this process of being aware of how you're feeling in, incomplete, how are you bringing in everything, good, bad, and ugly? Being aware, understanding it, or embracing and accepting where you are, and then intentionally 
moving forward, using your choice to say, where am I going to put my energy? Where am I going to let my self dwell? That's the process, whether you find yourself in a transition or whether you know a transition is coming up. How do you navigate through it? is the same no matter what. And obviously, this is a very sort of general overview of life change. <laughs> you're going to have more nuance if it's a death. You're going to have different emotions if it's a divorce. You're going to feel differently if it's a brand new baby or a child in your life for the first time. Marriage is a transition. Job, you know, school to job to second job, management, regular in entry level to management. These are all life transitions that you're going to navigate slightly with slightly different detail, but the process of aware, you know, having an awareness of how you're experiencing it and then accepting or embracing it and then intentionally moving through it, that kind of stays the same no matter what the process is. It doesn't necessarily flow, you know, exactly in that order in a quick succession. Could take time, could take years, could take a lots of meandering, but ultimately understanding yourself in it and then being able to embrace it and or accept it and move forward with intentionality. That's the key, no matter what the transition in your life is. So may you all have smooth transitions. I won't say easy. They're never easy. <laughs> but may they all be smooth, meaning you give yourself the grace to move through them in whichever way is best for you. All right. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, no matter how many times you ask the question, the answer to am I a bad mom is always no. Stay tuned for the me time segment. It's fun this time. Hey, hey, welcome back to me time. This one is literally me time. It's just so much fun and has nothing really to do with transitions or loss or any of the things we just talked about in the last episode. Although they deal with all of it in one of them. It's two, actually deal with it in both. I didn't even realize I did this, but it but it's actually working out perfectly. So there's one series and I'm very late to this party. I think, I don't know what it was on. It's currently streaming on Netflix, but I think it's like years old. It's called First Wives Club. And don't get confused. There was a movie a million years ago with like Goldie Hawn, I think, in it. That's not what this is. Very different. Three, well, it's three women, but also their husbands play a role. There's some tangential characters in season two. They add a couple extra characters. It's phenomenal. <laughs> one of them is a surgeon. One of them is a musician. And one of them is an attorney slash wife of a guy running for state Senate. So I'm not going to tell much more because I don't want to, well, Jill Scott's in it. She's the singer. So maybe that's important to know. And Sterling K. Brown's wife, I have her character's name in my head. So I can't remember her, the actor's name. That's terrible of me. Also amazing that I remembered Sterling K. Brown's name and didn't just call him his character's name from This Is Us, <laughs> but whatever. I happened to learn this about her, that she was his wife when I was researching the show. None of that matters because the acting is amazing. It's silly and fun. And it feels like you're just spending like a day with your girlfriends. Like that's the kind of, I want to say it has like a sex in the city vibe, but it doesn't. I mean, it does only in that it's in New York city. It's in New York city. And it's these like amazingly successful, wealthy moguls who are moving through New York city. So that part's fun, but they're, it, it's just women embracing being women and it's great fun. It's good fun. It's called First Wives Club. If you haven't already watched it because it's been out for years, I'm a little late to the party. Like I said, go check it out. It's an, on streaming on Netflix now. It, it's not on television anymore, I don't think, but the whole series is streaming on Netflix. Okay. And then the other thing is a Netflix also 
I believe. I don't think this movie was out in theaters. I might be wrong, but it's called Good Grief. And it's Dan Levy of Schitt's Creek fame, who is the, I believe, writer and director and stars in it. I'm pretty sure the whole deal is his, which is kind of his thing, right? That's what he did with Schitt's Creek too. But it is about um, a man who suddenly loses his husband in a tragic accident. And the the preview the like the little clip it will say like it's about a you know that he takes his friends i think it says he takes his friends to paris and like they uncover a secret or something and i'm like that's like that's definitely part of the movie but that is not i don't think that's what the movie's about it is this beautifully acted beautiful visual movie because it's shot in london and london at christmas and paris so it's gorgeous to watch Dan Levy is a treasure and and so wildly talented. I mean, written, directed, well, whatever. So wildly talented. And the other actors in the movie are phenomenal. And so it's really a, about friendship and about grief and about trying to outrun yourself and getting caught and transitions. I mean, this movie, holy moly, I, like I said, I didn't do this on purpose, but this is a perfect movie to have on an episode about transitions because boy, does he have to go through some in this one. And it can, could, could he not have been prepared for some of them for sure. So it's a great one. It's called Good Grief. Watch it. You know, I watched it by myself because I thought, oh, my husband's not going to want to watch this. I, I don't know when I picked a time where he was out or something. And I was like, I'm going to watch this. And then as I was watching it, I was like, dang, I've, I wish I had waited for him because I think I deprived him of like an excellent, excellent movie. I had to think like I thought in the beginning, like, oh, it's a Dan Levy, like it's going to be not a rom-com. Obviously, I knew the guy's husband died, but I thought there'd be some, you know, like, I don't know. I didn't think it would be a movie he would joy enjoy. And then as I was watching it, I was like, oh, he really would have enjoyed it. This is like, I kind of described it to him as like, it's a good old fashioned adult movie in not in a dirty way, <laughs> like adult and like, it's a beautiful story. And it's beautifully shot. And it was like a full complete story in I don't know. It was just really nice. And it felt like watching a movie from like the 1980s where you just had like a beginning, a middle and an end and a beautiful story unfolded and you fell in love with all the characters and then it was over and you got to move on with your life. So if you're feeling nostalgic for that, from going to the movies to see like good put together movies that don't involve any kind of space travel or <laughs> killing 47 people <laughs> or any of that, like gratuitous anything. There's nothing gratuitous. There's not a single scene that is gratuitous in this movie. Go watch it. It's so good. It's called Good Grief. It's on Netflix. Also, so is First Wives Club. Great fun. Good old fashioned, like girlfriend time. Enjoy them both and enjoy your me time, however you choose to get it. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you heard something today that made you feel better about your parenting and about yourself. Remember, if you have a moment, we would love a review. It helps more people to hear about us. If you like the episode, share it with your friends. And of course, subscribe so that you know when it's going to drop every single week. Thanks again. Until next time, keep asking those same questions and know that the answer to am I a bad mom is always no. Okay.